things up for us. And um, I happen to know a few things about privilege because I'm a 40-year-old white male. So um, I brought a couple of documents that prove my privilege. I bought my birth certificate from um, Commonwealth of Virginia. That's north of us, if you're geography challenged. Um, July 17th, 1975. Even has a time at 3.44 p.m. Thanks, Mom. Uh, she was knocked unconscious during that whole event. And, uh, well, I thought you were. Oh, yeah, that's what you always told me. Oh, well. I need to get the rest of that story later. I've been lied to my whole life. No. Uh, anyway, I've got a, and a, so I have that, and what that meant was being born in the United States, um, you know, and being born into a two-parent household, and um, you know, having a, a mother and father in the home, um, having access to a high-quality education that afforded me the opportunity for further education, um, the great access to health care, um, just to so many different things that I was privileged to receive. And then I have this other document, my, my passport, that as a United States citizen I've received, which gives me access to you know, most countries in the world, some safer for me to go to at this point in time than others, but it gives me a right to travel. And many people in our world, billions of people in our world, do not have the right to travel. They have to stay exactly where they are if they are going to keep the law. For them to travel, they have to break the law because they cannot get a document that gives them permission to do such a thing as I have. So these things are called privilege. And in fact, if you were to take away my birth certificate and wipe it completely from the record and wipe out my passport and wipe out my Social Security number, what would I have? Who would I be? Would I even be a human being anymore in the sight of the world? Because I could not open a bank account. I could not get a legal you know, loan or legally buy property. I could not get a job legally. Nor could I go anywhere legally. I could not function as a legal person in this world without those documents. You could actually say and make a good argument in terms of my human life here on those earth that those documents are the most valuable things that I possess because they give me access to everything else. And without them, I am solely at the mercy of the good graces of other people who, in different situations, may or may not be so nice or gracious. So I want you to think about that in terms of privilege. I've got some other privileges. I've never been pulled over DWB. That's never happened to me. If you don't know what that is, then that accentuates how much privilege you actually have. Yes. So, privilege. I've got pockets full of privilege. That's just reality. But that's nothing compared 
to the privilege that I have in God. And I want you to understand this, that the privilege that those of us who know God, the privilege that we have, but in order for us to have that privilege, Christ, the Son of God, had to give up his privilege. We read about that in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7. Philippians 2.7 says, But made himself nothing, speaking of Christ, made himself nothing, taking the form of a slave and being born in the likeness of men. That Jesus Christ, that Christ, you know, in heaven with his Father for all of eternity past, where everything is perfect, and humbles himself and puts on human flesh and lays aside his position and you know, the use of his, pow- of his full power and his full glory and puts that aside in order to take on human likeness so that he could be our human representative and suffer in, this, in his physical life and then suffer with our sins being poured out on him and separated from his father for the first time in all of his existence at the cross as he has our sin. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's that point. But he was able to say it is finished. And that it, when he's saying that, he's really using a, a, a kind of a technical, legal term. You know, saying it's, it's paid for. It's paid in full. It's all done. And that in that, then I can have privilege. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, even the privilege that those of us who have Jesus have, says we have a great high priest, that's Jesus So we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So because of what Jesus has done for me, Because he has saved me, and I'm in relationship with him by grace through faith, then he is my high priest. He knows what it's like to be me. He can sympathize with the weaknesses that I have, and I can go boldly to the holiest of holies at any time because of Jesus and receive help in time of need. That's privilege. That's real privilege, real spiritual privilege. Romans 5, 2. Take over to Romans for a second. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace by which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Through him we also have obtained access. Again, he's our our way into that privilege. And it's in that privilege that we stand. And then we have the privilege to share Jesus with people. 
Um, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, of this gospel, Paul says, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all saints, this grace was given, or this privilege was given, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And so in that, as we are also you know, in the, in the line of being obedient to Jesus as his disciples, we're, in the, we're following the way of the apostles, that we also enter into the same privilege where we get to share with other people so that they can become partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This says in verse 6. And that we have this privilege to preach to you know, the Gentiles. We have really have the you know, he's saying that as a Jewish man. We have the privilege to preach to all peoples, Jew or Gentile, of any ethnicity, at any time, at any place. We have this privilege to share with them the unsearchable riches of Christ. I mean, it's, it's so grand that we can never even fully comprehend and fully explore all the privilege that we have in Jesus. That's how much privilege you have, is that you can't even comprehend how much privilege you have. That's how much privilege you and I have. And we get to tell others about it. Flip back to Romans 1 and verse 5. He says, Through whom we will receive grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And so we have this We bring about obedience of faith. For what purpose? What purpose? For what purpose were we given this privilege? We were given this privilege so that the one who laid down his privilege would receive all the glory and honor. For the praise of his name. And that really has to be our motivation for all of these different things you know, that we've talked about today. I mean, it all really has the same heart and focus behind it is that we want God to be glorified. We want the name of Jesus to be lifted on high. We want people to praise the holy name of God together. We want them to enjoy the privileges that we've had. As, as Steve said, you know, we're beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. It's so true. But we have this privilege of knowing where the bread is and that there's plenty of it to go around. Just like Jesus fed you know, the multitudes of people out of what seemed to the disciples is just there was just a little bit and there wasn't enough. Well, he took that and multiplied it exponentially, and it didn't matter how many people had showed up. Jesus would have made enough bread for everybody. And so there's plenty of our privilege to go around. You know, it's, we don't deal in our faith, we don't deal with the problem of a scarcity of resources. We don't have, there's not a scarcity of God's love. There's not a scarcity of God's power. There's not a, a scarcity of God's ability to provide. And so what we need to be praying for is, God, you've given us this privilege. Help us to use it well. And we can pray in certain ways, even very physical, tangible ways, for certain people's privilege to increase, to, it, to grow exponentially so that they can give more and more of that 
to others. But what should we also be praying for is like, Lord, you give me the privilege, please increase my love exponentially. Please, please increase my faith exponentially. And as I need the resources to do the work you've called me to do, please provide those as well. And the thing about it, that everything that we've talked about today requires some sort of tangible, physical resource in order for it to happen. And so there are times we have to get on our knees before God and say, God, we want to have a bigger party, so we need you to provide some more food, please. And that we have faith that he will. And we move forward in faith. We're not just waiting for it, but we're going to move once stuff shows up. But we're going to move and we're going to trust that he's going to provide as we have need along the way. We're going to pray for that. But here's the last point for it. Philippians 1, 29. I think we have to understand this as part of this. If we're, if we're asking to take part, we've already taken part in, in many of the privileges that we've received. And we want to take part in, the, in having the privilege of sharing it with others. Paul says this really crazy thing to the church at Philippi, and he says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and now that I hear, now that I hear that I still have. But what does he say in this? You should, only, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. What does that mean? It means there's a cost, that there's a price that sometimes we are called to pay, that there's a real tangible price to pay at times. And are we willing to pay it? And we talked about, we've talked about this before, but just so important that we understand that we can't be people who just want a crown but aren't willing to take up a cross. We need to be people who are willing to take up a cross because we hope to receive the crown so that we can lay that at the feet of the one who went to the cross on our behalf. That that's our thank you. But you know, we should never buy into the illusion that once we have Jesus, everything is easy and we don't have any problems. And whenever we do have problems, we can just say a little prayer and rub our magic thing and then everything's going to be okay. It actually is, we've asked for the more difficult life. That's what we've chosen, is the more difficult life. But it's the one worth living and the one worth pursuing in. So with whatever level of privilege we have, and each of us have a different level of privilege, and that's in different scenarios, but whatever level of privilege you have, let's not shrink back from our privilege, either the privilege that we have in Christ or the privilege that we have just because of the situations we were born into and the opportunities we've been given and all of these other things. But let's use every privilege that we have for the glory of God and for his purposes to to love God and to be a blessing to other people. That's the right thing to do with our privilege. It's not to try to hide it or throw it away or anything like that, but to own it, acknowledge it, and to use it properly as good stewards of what God's entrusted us with for his glory and for his honor. We've got so much privilege.
but nothing compares to the privilege we have in Jesus. And you have access to so much in him. Let's use it. Let's use it. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just love you and praise you. Thank you for our time together that we've had in this last night and today. And just amazing to see how much you've blessed us. And we're so privileged to be just a part of so many different things that are just amazing and awesome that you're doing. And that ultimately it's all your work. And so, Lord Jesus, thank you. Um, We don't deserve it. We don't deserve to be really going to do any of these things we get to do. But you, um, as I said earlier, you desire for to uh, partner with us. And um, it's your mission. You're the head of it. You're the king of it, Jesus. And so walk before us and help us to be obedient to follow you. And help us to be obedient to take up our cross and follow you as you call us to. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we wrap up, I just want to just remind very quickly just a couple of highlights here. You know, we started with Michael um, telling us why we participate in the mission of Jesus and for, um, you know, really kind of giving us a lot of focus on a biblical foundation, you know, for our mission. And then we got to see the state of the world in mission, um, you know, with Brian Nicholson and the slides that he gave. And I just want you to consider, I mean, we're this tiny little church. Let me preface it with this. We're this tiny little church in Athens, Georgia that meets in a basement of a house. And check this out. God has seen it fit that we get to be a part of this work that Brian does that informs how missions organizations and churches are using their resources all over the world to accomplish mission. That every time somebody picks up an operation world like prayer, you know, prayer God and prays for a nation, like we have a tiny part in that. Yeah, it's a tiny part, but it's a part. And can you believe that our little church has a part in like, Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of believers around the world praying for the world. And we get to help make that possible because we pray for him and his wife and we support them with a little bit of money each month. Think about that. We get to be part of that. We get to be a part of um, Bible translation, you know, down in Mexico. That we're part of that, what's happened down there with having New Testament and not what. Our little tiny church is part of that. Think about with Steve Nelson, whom we've had the privilege to pray for and support for years, going over to Ukraine, and how many different people his, his life and the, his wife's life and the wife of their kids and their families have impacted, and we're, we're part of that, a little part of that. VBS last year and this coming year in partnership with Green Acres to reach kids' lives and we're part of that. Um, what we're starting up with J.J. Harris, that you know, who knows what can come of that, but we're, we're part of it. In Tanzania, and to be part of, of raising a large part of that first 25 grand that's there, we're part of that. We're part of that school that's going to, you know, it's not yet, it's a, in, it's a future hope in progress, but it's going to change people's lives and change people's lives generationally. We're part of that. We got all the different things that people are doing individually. Um, you know, let me not forget IJM and that we support that and 
what Ellie is doing with that, and we're part of that, with Philip and peacemakers and reaching Muslims in our community, and we're part of that, with Michelle and Mercy Clinic and helping people in Athens. It's a small part, but we're part of that. And then you got what people are doing individually through their businesses and through being a student at UGA and or just being a person in the community that loves Jesus and is trying to share Jesus with other people, and we get to be part of all of that. And we really even, you know, have hardly talked about at all this weekend where we've put the majority of our efforts uh, in terms of our, you know, financial giving each month and sending teams down consistently to Mexico. We've spent less than five minutes talking about that. And we're part of that. And that's just awesome and amazing. Well, one of the reasons we kind of held off on that is we'll have um, Abel um, and Anna you know, from the mission team down there will be with us this coming weekend. Um, and so, hey, I'm here directly from them since they couldn't be here this weekend. Um, but they're already in the States and are serving us some, some other places um, this weekend and this week. So let's be praying for them. Um, but excited to have them. Let's continue our spirit of thankfulness as we leave this place. We bring it back tomorrow and we continue to praise and worship God. Encourage everybody to bring people to hear the word, and to, especially you know people who don't have a church family, and encourage them to be part of all this privilege that we're a part of. It's crazy. Um, but thanks God to God that we get to participate in all these things. I mean... It really, it's humbling because there is no way a little church that meets in the basement should get to get be part of all this stuff in just human fleshly terms. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Look forward to seeing you all in the morning and rock it out the rest of the day.